I'm just going to read this one verse on the screen. It says this. It says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. We've been, we dealt with that for the last few weeks, right? Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Now I ask the media if they'll uh, turn over, please give us the Passion Translation from this verse, please. Psalm 81 verse 10, the Passion Translation. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. It says here, I am, own, I am your only God, the living God. Wasn't I the one who broke the strongholds over you and raised you up out of bondage? Yes. Now watch his instruction. Open your mouth with a mighty decree. I will fulfill it now, you'll see. Did y'all catch his, his, his timing? I will fulfill it now, you'll see. The words that you speak, that you speak, so shall it be. The words you speak. So we're talking tonight, we're going to continue, we're going to deal with open your mouth. This is part two of that. I don't need to try to get another fancy subject. Open your mouth, part two. So, Father, thank you tonight for the word we're about to receive. Thank you, Father, that every heart in this room, and even those who may be watching us online now and in, into the future, are their hearts are prepared for the word of God, that this is uh, uh, something that we're serious about. Lord, you say you pour water on ground that's thirsty. You said with joy we draw water from the wells of salvation. We thank you that tonight, Lord, I ask you tonight to let your word move swiftly and be glorified among your people. We, we come against any sort of distraction or hindrance the enemy wants to bring. We silence the doctrine of demons. We silence the seducing spirits who will try to unteach what you teach us tonight. We hold on to your word and your voice so that we may be led into those green passages you've laid out for us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Now, let's just do a quick review uh, from where we, we left off on Monday night. Remember, we talked about how uh, we entered in, in God's calendar a new decade. We're entering the 5780s, right? We're coming out of, obviously, the 5770s. And 5770s, I gave you all this uh, word this Hebrew letter ayin, and there was a symbol that they gave us is on the screen for us now. This Hebrew letter, the 16th letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which uh, is a picture. Uh, every Hebrew letter, every Hebrew word has uh, a picture, has um, uh, it's symbolic, it has numerical value. Uh, every single mark in the Hebrew has a meaning. When the Bible says that uh, heaven and earth will pass away before one jot or tittle of my word passes away. Y'all ever heard that? Yes, sir. Everybody heard that? Yes, sir. Before one jot or tittle. It will be the equivalent in our English language of a dot on an I or the little cross mark on a T. Now, for us, when we see a dot on an I or a cross mark on a T, it doesn't mean anything. It's just how we form the letter. But in Hebrew, that dot can change the whole meaning of a word. That a little line can change the whole meaning of a word. It, it gives a different picture, a different value. Because God, God doesn't waste words. This is a word-created universe. God is a word God. He operates by speaking. And he spoke the Bible. 
All scripture is God-breathed, given by inspiration of God. So everything God spoke and everything he says, which he spoke, he, he used the Hebrew language. Y'all got it? I understand the other languages on the planet, many languages on, languages on the planet. But God uses the Hebrew language as his people. Got it? So he's very intentional in every word, every letter, every number, everything, everything means something. We just sing, sing you know, the kids sing a song, every letter makes a sound. Uh, every letter in the Hebrew alphabet has a meaning to it. You got it? So this ayin we saw, it looks like uh, two eyes at the top. And so uh, ayin means to see. S-E-E, to see. Vision. And so we saw how during the, the 57, 70s, the last 10 years from 2009 up until uh, what we just hit here a couple days ago, it was that decade of seeing, the decade of, of revelation. So we came into great revelation. Yes. Glory to God. God's shown us some things. And we all agreed on that Monday night, right? Yes. That we have seen things that we know things now that we didn't yes. know before. That we, we, we understand things now that we didn't understand before. That uh, God gave us visions and dreams that, that they got real strong during that time. Even if you had seen it before, 20, 30 years ago, he, he probably brought it back to you stronger in the last 10 years than he had before. Just, it just got stronger on the inside of you. Am I right about it? All right, because it was a decade uh, meant to bring revelation. And, and revelation is always meant to bring a revolution. Revelation is meant to bring you to a, the point of changing something. In other words, you have to, some things must be revealed to you before you can shift into a different level of your life. You can never go higher than your revelation you're operating on. Oh, Y'all hear me? You can never rise higher than the revelation you have. You'll never soar above your revelation. So the reason why many people don't soar is because they don't know anything. Jesus says, says uh, take heed how you hear. He says, for whoever has revelation... To him, what? More be given. And to him who does not have, what? Revelation. Even what he has, as Luke, Luke says, even what he seems to have. Luke says it that way in Luke chapter 8. Even what he seems to have will be taken away. So in this world, there are things that the world seems to have. But they, didn't, they haven't gotten those things by revelation. They've gotten those things by, uh, by their work of their hands, by their toil, by, by their education. And all the things that they have, that they seem to have, are beginning to be taken away. In the world, they're operating on demonic revelation, and demonic revelation is always a setup for destruction. But divine revelation from God is a setup for promotion and increase and prosperity and abundance. So we should be thankful for the amount and the, and the quality of revelation we've received over the last 10 years. I am. I don't know about you. Y'all All right, now, so we've been talking about visions and dreams and prophetic utterance that we've been receiving, Right? Now, go to 1 Samuel 9. They can put it on the screen for us, please. You don't have to turn there. 1 Samuel 9, verse 9. Uh, and I showed you Monday night about, you know, because this is a prophetic house. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. 
Glory to God. First Samuel 9 verse 9 says, Formerly in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, he spoke thus. This is how he spoke. He said, Come, let us go to the seer. For he who is now called a prophet was formerly called what? A seer. A seer. So a prophet and a seer are the same thing. Okay? So prophets see things. We know I taught you this Monday night. I don't have time to go into it in depth. Uh, in fact, I can't remember what I told you Monday night because it wasn't that I had to prepare for you. It just flowed from the Holy Ghost. Uh, but prophets see. They don't, we, we, prophets can hear. Don't get me wrong. I don't mean to tell you that prophets can't hear. They can hear. But even when you and I hear, we hear in pictures. When you and I hear, we hear in pictures. That's just the way God programmed us. So when prophets hear, even when they hear, they're, they're seeing something. Y'all got it? In fact, let's look at Jeremiah chapter, four, chapter 1 real quick. Jeremiah 1. If you're in Psalms, keep going towards the back. Jeremiah chapter 1. Right after Isaiah. This is a prophetic house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Jeremiah 1, verse 4 says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, this is Jeremiah talking, saying, Before I formed you in the womb... There's three things. I knew you before you were born. I sanctified you. I ordained you. Come on. So when you're, you're in a prophetic house, I want to make sure you understand that there's something that God has already planned for your life. He knew you before you were born. <laughs> if, the, if the youth were over in so, I'd go into details about that. But since the youth over here, I'm not going to say. But understand, he knew you. He knew you while you were still in your father. I can say it like that. He knew you while you were still in your father. Right? The Bible says that Levi paid tithes in Abraham. Levi paid tithes in Abraham. Levi, Levi is the great grandson of Abraham. But Levi was in Jacob, who was in Isaac, who was in Abraham. So before you were even formed in the womb, he knew you. You didn't slip into the earth. He knew you. Got it? All right, let me keep going for all of y'all starting to blush. Before you were born, <laughs> before you were born, I did what? I sanctified you, which means I set you apart. And then he says, I ordained you. I commissioned you. A prophet to the nations. All right? He says, verse 6, then, then said I, this is, uh, this is Jer Jeremiah's response. Then said I, then I said, Oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot. Now, I want you to see if you hear you right here. When God is telling you, what he's called you to be, telling you he knew you before you were born, telling you before you were forming your mother's womb, he had already known you, sanctified you, ordained you, called you, and your response is, I cannot. Don't ever say anything stupid to God like, I cannot, when he already told you what you're going to do. <laughs> That's stupid, stupid, stupid. Never respond to God with, I cannot. Matter of fact, watch this. He said, behold, I cannot speak for I'm a youth. Verse 7, but the Lord said to me, this time, do not say I'm a youth. Stop telling me what you can't do. Stop telling me I know how young you are. 
Before, remember before you were born, I knew you. I know. I ain't missed none of your birthdays, boy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I didn't overestimate your age. Oh, I forgot you were only 10. He said, behold, I cannot speak. The Lord said, do not say I'm a youth. Watch this. Watch this. For you shall. I don't want to hear about how young you are. I don't want to hear about your obstacles. I don't want to hear about your intrepidations. I don't want to hear about your, your, you, you trying to disqualify yourself from your assignment. I don't want to hear about your inabilities. I'm going to put something on you. This is, this is, this is um, now let me go back. Because he said, I cannot speak for I'm a youth. Now, so that means he's not operating in faith according to what God said. So God has to first of all correct his words. That's faith training. And then he says, for you shall go to whom I, I shall send you. I, who I send you. Whatever I command you, you shall speak. Now he's teaching them about his grace too. In the Old Testament. His ability coming on him. So don't ever tell God what you can't do. He's going to correct you. Now watch. He says, whatever I command you, you shall speak. Verse 8, do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Now, let's keep going. Verse 9. Then, then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. Touched my mouth. That word mouth is pain. It's the word I taught you Monday night. Doesn't just start with pain. It is pain. Touch my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your pay. Now, remember, he said, Now, he said in verse 7, You shall go to all who, to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. So what I got to do is now I got to put my word. So I'm going to command you what to speak. I'm going to give you what to speak. You don't even have to, have to pre-plan or think ahead of time what to say. If you just open your mouth, I'm going to speak for you. I don't want you speaking your words. I'm going to give you my words because my words have power. So he said, I put my words in your mouth. Pay. See, verse 10, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms. Now, notice he says, this day I've set you over something. But for you to operate in your overseeing position, you've got to have my words in your mouth. You cannot operate in rule and dominion without with your words. You have to see. <laughs> you've been, been, when I say you, I'm talking about some of you or somebody watching online. You've been trying to operate in dominion by your words. You can't dominate with your words. To dominate, you got to have his words. So for, for him to set him over, he said, I have to put my words in your mouth. So the words that God puts in your mouth, they are domineering words. Wow. Yes, uh, better, better put dominion words. Dominion words. So what do you say he put them? In your heart. In your mouth. Well, the mouth is not a storage container. 
the mouth is supposed to be speaking something. Got it? So he says, I've this they set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down, to build, and to plant. So we're going to be rooting out, pulling down, destroying, throwing down, building, and planting. All with our mouths. So if something in your neighborhood or your family, your life needs to be rooted out, you don't root it out with your fists. Now you can use the belt, but it's not the belt that's going to root it out. See, because you can beat a fool, and a fool will keep on being a fool. But if you're going to shift the atmosphere, you got to speak. How are you going to pull down things? You're pulling down strongholds. You're pulling down strongholds. This is what the church has been doing for you. Pull them down, not like this. You ain't put them down. You put them down with this. To destroy and to throw down. Now watch this next side. To build. I'm going to show you that in a minute. To build and to plant. So to build and to plant happens with your mouth. To plant means to get something started. And you got to have words in your mouth to make this happen. Now hold on to what you said right there. Verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me. Now me is who? Jeremiah, Jeremiah the prophet. prophet. Saying, Jeremiah, what do you hear? You see how he's dealing with the prophet? Jeremiah, what do you see? Because prophets are seers. They have to see something. And when, so what God's doing right here is he's going to test his vision. He's going to test how sharp he is. Do you see what I'm saying? Did y'all catch that? Do you see what I'm saying? That, that'll preach right there. You might want to preach that later on. Do you see what I'm saying? And that's God's question to us is, can I get you, do you see what I'm saying? Because you have to, you have to see it with the eyes of your faith. Sensitive to the spiritual realm that when God speaks, when God is revealing something, you, you see it. So he said, Jeremiah, what do you see? This is your test, Jeremiah, before I launch you out. Before I, before I send you out over the nations and you fumble around, I want to see how you, I want to check your vision. This is your vision. Read, read the first line, Jeremiah. Read, read the chart, Jeremiah. What? what? Testing your eyes. I, need to, I need, need to give you a spiritual adjustment to make sure you're seeing the same thing that I'm saying. Many times God has to keep working with us and give us spiritual bifocals because we're not seeing what he's saying. We keep seeing with, with, with bad glasses. We keep seeing with, these eye, with the eyes of our soul as opposed to the eyes of our spirit. And if you try to see with the eyes of your soul, you will never see on God's level because deep calls a deep. Deep doesn't call a shallow. Your soul is shallow. Your spirit is deep. And deep only calls to deep. 
So God has to deal with us on a deep level, spirit to spirit. The Bible even says that the, that the flesh, the uh, man cannot receive the things of the spirit because they are spiritually discerned. In other words, they are spiritually understood. You, oh. I don't like it this way, but if I were to take my glasses off right now, I really couldn't see past this first row and make out clear, really clear images. I'll be squinting trying to see. And in the spirit, that's a lot, what a lot of Christians look like, squinting. I don't see what y'all talking about. Don't, can't you see the Lord? I don't, I, don't, I don't see God moving. Revelation coming. I don't really see it. I got I to gotta, gotta put it right here. But thank God he sends along the Holy Ghost to... Oh, now I see what you've been saying all this time. Bartimaeus cried out, Lord, have mercy on me. Jesus said, what do you want? He said that I may receive my sight. My sight. I want to see for myself. I'm tired of being here on the side of the road begging, crying, because I can't see nothing. Anybody tired of living on the roadside begging because you can't see nothing? The only reason you got a, you got a, beggar, a beggar's uh, life is because you can't see yet. The Bible says Jesus called him to him, and when Jesus called him to him, he threw off his beggar's coat. Why? He said, I ain't going to be needing this no more. Because I'm about to get my sight, and if I can see, I ain't going to need to beg no more. And most of the church is stuck in a beggar's position because simply because they can't see. I don't see what y'all mean by tithing. I don't see what y'all mean by sowing. I don't see what y'all mean by fasting. I don't see what y'all mean by praying. I don't see what y'all mean by healing. I don't see what y'all mean by debt. I don't see what y'all mean by lack. I don't see what y'all mean. I don't just don't see it that way. It's all right. It's all right. It's okay. It's all right. We all need some help with glasses. Some of y'all need glasses to see distance. Some of y'all need glasses to see things that are right up in front of you. Some things are right in front of people and they still can't make it out. Lord, that I may receive my sight. Jeremiah, what do you see? Ask neighbor, what do you see? All this time, God been talking. What do you see? When is it, at least, that, that, that the day dawn rise in your heart? When you've been around teaching like this for 10 years, 15, 20 years, and one day all of a sudden, oh, I see. Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. In other words, that's what, I, that's what I'm making out of my spiritual eye. I see the branch of an almond tree. Now, uh, the branch of an almond put, tree. Put, put that amplify, that verse for me, please. Amplify. Watch this. I want you to see this. I see the branch of an almond tree. What does this even mean? 
Amplified gives it to us real simple. Help us out with verse, verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see the branch or shoot of an almond tree, the emblem or the symbol of alertness and activity blossoming in late winter. Blossoming in late winter? Dang. That's, that's not normal time. That's, a, that's like a different time zone or something. <laughs> but he says, of alertness and activity. He said, that's what I see. God said, that's what you see? You see that? All right, now go to verse 12 in the King James. In the King James. King James, watch this, what he says in verse 12 to King James. Then said the Lord unto me, thou hast well seen, you passed. For I will hasten, that's quicken, my word to perform it. When you see that almond tree, that almond tree is a symbol of something that's about to happen quickly. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. I'm, when you saw that almond tree, you saw me about to move in an accelerated manner. Oh, God. I shared with a group this morning. I know this was after prayer, before prayer. But, but the Lord reminded me about in John 4 when he says, uh, say not yet there are four months to the harvest. See, when you move into a kingdom standard time, where we're, where we're shifting into, you're, going, you're about to hit the place where when you sow, it ain't going to be no four months of no harvest. I'll find somebody on here. I said. I said, when you sow, there's not going to be four months to get no harvest. He said, the time is coming where the reapers going to overtake the sowers. When, when we come into God's timing, we've been preaching that for the last, this last year. We're, coming, we're in God's timing now. And in God's timing, there is no, no delay. There is no uh, one of these old days. So he said, Jeremiah, you've seen well. He said, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Switch it to the new King James here. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. But you got to see it first, though. He said, you have seen well, for I am ready. I'm ready. Y'all didn't hear what I said. God, God is say, I'm about ready. I'm just about ready. I'm getting ready. He said, I am ready. Tell your neighbor, God is ready. We've been preaching so long about God about to get ready and God about to, God about ready. And it was, it was like, it, beginning of 2018, I was in, in the prophets conference in Frankfurt and God told me, stop saying I'm about to. God said, I'm ready. I'm waiting on you to see what I've been saying. So as soon as you can see what I've been saying, we can go ahead and get this thing going. We can go and get this ball rolling. We can go and get this train moving as soon as, tell you as soon as, as soon as you can see what God's been saying, we about to get this thing moving. It's going it's to keep moving here. He said, I'm ready. He said, I'll hasten to perform it. Only thing I need to do is find, I just had to find somebody who could see it. Did y'all catch what I said? Let me repeat that. I just had to find somebody who could see it. 
And God's dilemma all this time of many years, decades, and centuries is trying to find somebody who could see what he said. But I believe that in St. Petersburg, Florida, Pinellas County of the United States of America, that God has found a group of people who say, Lord, I see what you've been saying. I've opened my ears. I've opened my eyes. I've opened my heart. You've given me the ears and eyes and the heart to perceive. And I see what you're saying. God, I'm ready to move with you. I'm taking the brakes off of you. I'm ready to roll. Sit down, sit down. Come on now. I got I to gotta get here. He said, he said, I'm ready to perform. 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 Luke 1, 45, there shall be a performance of those things that was spoken by the Lord. I remember in 2015, I was asking my wife to remind me about that. 2015, we were in camp meeting here, and uh, the days of refreshing camp meeting, and I was preaching on a Thursday, I think it was, a Friday, whatever morning it was, and the Holy Ghost lit this place up. A Holy Ghost bomb exploded in this room. How many of y'all were here that day? Y'all remember that? Holy Ghost bomb blew this place wide open. And yeah, so dad had to jump up in the middle of the message. We didn't even finish the message because the Holy Ghost just wrecked this place. God was saying at that time, I'm ready to perform. You know what he said back then? He said it's showtime. I remember he said it's showtime. The stage has been set. He said, remember, somebody, I remember he said, he said, you've been learning your lines. Now the curtains are about to be pulled back. And those of us who have been in the background, in the shadows, practicing, preparing in the dark, learning our lines, walking with God, going over his word. Now it's time to step out on the stage. The whole earth is waiting on the revealing, on the manifestation of the sons of God. Well, here we are, world, here we are. It's time. All right, now, let's keep going here. Yeah, it's showtime, brother. See? All right, now, Habakkuk 2.3, I told you this, that vision manifestation always has an appointed time. In Habakkuk 2.3, God told Habakkuk, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. He said, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come, it will not tarry. So God's vision, which we're stepping into his vision being manifested. Now, your vision that you have, if y'all have any vision, your vision is not your vision. It's part of God's vision. If you have a God-given vision, it's not a vision separate from God. It's part of God's vision. The problem is none of us individually could handle all of God's vision. None of us individually, not even an individual church can handle all of God's vision. One denomination can handle God's vision. One continent of Christians couldn't handle all of God's vision. So every vision God has put in your heart is, is the part of it we can handle. 
It's the part of it that you and I can handle. So when it's time for vision manifestation, which it is a now time, then what God has decreed and what God has spoken, it is now time for it to begin to manifest. It's an appointed time. And we're seeing it. We're seeing things begin to unfold and materialize and manifest right before our eyes. All right, now, so I told you we've entered a new time zone. KST, Kingdom Standard Time. What time is it in the kingdom? What time will it, will it be tomorrow in the kingdom? What time was it yesterday in the kingdom? Now, it's always now. We shift with God, he's always ready to operate now. We, we've, we've moved into a, um, uh, a now time where God is not going to be delaying things anymore. I remember when uh, that camp meeting I was preaching from, I believe it was Romans 9, talking about the, uh, God pouring out his glory on the vessels of glory, the vessels of honor. In other words, there are people, it says, people in the body who have been uh, predetermined by God as vessels of glory. If you're a believer, walk with God, you're one of those vessels to for him to display his glory in the latter days. In fact, put up uh, Romans 9. Uh, let's go 22. Let me see if I... Yeah, what if God willing, wanted to show his wrath and to make his power known and do with much suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? Now, that's the heathen. They are vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. Verse 23. And that he might make known, y'all didn't catch that. He might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand. I don't wonder if y'all see this. So there are heathen. Now we pray that they get saved and get back and get on this good side over here, but if they don't. This is what's happening. Destruction coming their way. But those of us who get on the good foot and walk with God, we have been prepared beforehand for glory and he is that he might make known the riches of his glory on us. In other words, God needs somebody to pour all his riches on. Oh, that's what I'm trying to get y'all to do. He needs somebody to put these, put these riches on. He's got too much. <laughs> okay? And he, he's got he to put it on somebody to show somebody off in the earth. Look, look at verse 24. I, I hope I get to where I was thinking. because this, Even unto us whom he called, not of the Jews only, also the Gentiles. Keep going, please, for me. Is it, yeah, 28. That's, I think it's verse 28. That's what I'm looking for. 28. 28. For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness for, because the Lord will make a short or quick work upon the earth. That's what I was trying to get to. That when the time comes, he said it's going to be a quick work. So when I find vessels of, of mercy, vessels of glory, who can see what I say, then I'm going to move quickly in them. That's why he told Jeremiah, hey, you see well, because I'm ready to move now. Oh, Jesus, help us, Lord. Oh, y'all getting what I'm saying to you tonight? Is anybody excited besides me and two or three other people here?
It won't be long now. Well, you've been saying that. Well, it's time now. <laughs> he, had to, he had to get us. He's been spending the last 10 years to get us to see what he's saying. So he can move now. He's ready to move. And he said, I'll make a short work. In fact, that word, when you see for he will finish the work, it's the Hebrew word logos, or the Greek word rather logos, which means actually the word. He'll actually, he's going to finish the word. Remember he said he watches over his word to perform it. So he's going to finish the word. What does it mean finish the word? With the word he started. The word he started. He's going to finish the word. <laughs> He's the author and finisher of our faith. The beginning and the end, the first and the last and the alpha and omega. So whatever God started, he's going to finish. Paul said in Philippians 1 and 6, I'm confident in this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you shall perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. So whatever God started, he's going to finish. So he's going he's to finish the word. He's going to make a short work in the earth. Does anybody have a word you've ever received from God? He's going to finish that word. He's not forgotten that word. When you go back to Jeremiah 1.12, when you go back to Jeremiah 1.12, he says, you've seen well, for I, uh, I haste my word King James says hasten. New King James says ready to perform. But other translations say, for I watch over my word to perform. Y'all not catching that. He said, I watch over my word. I'm keeping an eye on it to make sure it comes to pass in your life. Am I talking to anybody who got any kind of little word from the Lord? He said, I watch over my word to perform it. I'm keeping an eye on. I'm going to make sure that that word comes to pass in your life. When God gave Joseph a word through a dream, he let him see something. Showed him he was going to be a, a ruler and he's going to reign. But when that, that word got started, it didn't look like it. What he saw in the natural didn't look like what he saw in his spirit. But the Bible says that until the time that Joseph's word came to pass, the word of the Lord tried him, it proved him, it strengthened him, it settled him. So no matter how it looked like in the pit, in part of his house, in the prison, he stood on the word of God, knowing that God was watching over his word. I'm here to tell somebody tonight that I don't know how long it's been. It might have been 10 years, might have been 30 years, might have been 10 weeks. But God is watching over his word. If he's going to move all heaven and earth, if he got to rearrange time zones, rearrange companies, shut down things, shut down governments, move kings out the way, if he got to move family out the way, if he got to change everything about your life, he going to make sure everything's set up. 
He is the master orchestrator. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. He's moving your steps to set you up. Oh Tell your neighbor, God is watching over your word. Ask him, you got a word, you got a word, you got a word? If you got a word, God's watching over it. It shall come to pass. His word will not fail. His word will not return to him void. As a matter of fact, the Bible says forever, oh Lord, your word is settled. Don't be discouraged. I said, don't be discouraged. Don't you quit. Don't you throw in the towel. Don't you draw back. God is watching over that word. That's why one of my favorite lines in the Bible is this. And it shall come to pass. And you know, one of my other favorite lines is, and it came to pass. When, when you read in the Bible says, and it came to pass, it doesn't just mean something happened. It meant some word that was spoken days, weeks, months, years, decades, centuries ago. Came to pass. Why? He was watching over his word to perform it. Ah. Uh, they're they going to kill Joseph. They couldn't kill Joseph. Y'all didn't catch what I said. I said they couldn't kill Joseph. Brothers hated him, but they couldn't kill him. Why? God watching over that word. Animals couldn't kill him. Sold to a band of, of, of meridians and went down into Egypt and in a work, uh, uh, to work as a, as a slave. Woman tripped on him. Tried to set him up to be locked up for, his, for life. But they couldn't keep him incarcerated. I was watching over that word. But they don't realize what, what they meant for evil, God's using for good. So everything they were doing, trying to trip him up, God was taking, I'm working that word, I'm working that All right. All right, y'all sit down. Sit down. I got I to gotta show you some things. They can't kill him. People always preach about haters. You ain't got to think about haters. You ain't got to bring up haters up again. You, ain't gotta, you know what? I realize today I don't have any enemies. I was getting dressed this morning for prayer and I realized I don't, I don't have any enemies on this planet whatsoever. I don't have any, any, any enemies at all. None, not one on this planet. 
You mean, Pastor, you don't think anybody don't like you? I don't say people don't like me. I say I don't have any enemies. I don't say people don't, don't agree with me. I don't have any enemies. Well, I know so-and-so they don't like you, but they, they, they can't be my enemy. Because when my ways please the Lord, Proverbs 21, 7, he makes my enemies to be at peace with me. So you may not like me, but you gotta love me. You may can't stand me, but you can't do nothing about it. Because I'm going to make sure my ways please the Lord. That's all I got to think about. I ain't got to think about my enemies. I ain't got to worry about my enemies. I ain't got to be crying about my enemies. I ain't got to lose no sleep about my enemies. All I do is make sure my ways please the Lord. And you know what he does? Just, just for fun, you know what God does? Prepares a table before me. In the presence. And I say, come on, you can come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Have a seat. It's all right. Come on, have a seat. I don't have any enemies. Why? Because they can't stop me. I don't think about that. Until my word comes to pass, his word is going to try me, prove me, uh, strengthen me, fortify me. I can't die like this because I got a word. I got, I, I, I got too much unfulfilled word. I can't stay at this level. I got too much unfulfilled word. And I'm for doggone show, not gonna quit. Cause I got too much unfulfilled word in my life. I ain't going nowhere. All right. Ask your neighbor, can you see it? Can you see it? If you can see it, he can do it. It's payday, baby. Pay. So 70 was ayin. 80, the 80s is pay. P pronounced or spelled P-E-Y. Some, some uh, variations of it are F-E-Y, fay. Some variations are P-E. But it's, no matter how you look at it, it's, it's pay. It's the 17th letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Has a numerical value of 80. Uh, but I want to show you something. Kirkland sent me a text. He found something that he thought was cute when he was looking at the, uh, the uh, letter uh, pay, and he said it looked like a hand in there. And, and, and in reality, I don't know if Kirkland, if you went back and looked it up, but actually part of the, of the letter pay is, is yod, Y-O-D, which means hand. So that little symbol uh, on, the, on your left coming down is, a, is an inverted hand coming down. So it's the picture of God feeding, putting something in your mouth. 
It's, that's, that's, it's yard. It's a hand. It's a hand of God coming over your mouth wide. I will fill it. He said. He said God satisfies the desire of every living thing. So when you have your mouth open to God, He said, "I'm gonna feed you. I put my words in your mouth." So if you've been with us for a while, you know that word yard. Y o d. So it, it's yard. It's part of pay. But I want to show you something else. I, I, I sent him something back. I said, well, I bet you didn't know this. Well, he, he didn't know that. He, that Kirkland is a, is a graphic designer and all that other stuff, a whole bunch of other stuff. But as a graphic designer, he sees things differently. He sees shapes. He sees, he saw the negative of that. He said, so, Pastor, he said, have you looked at the negative space in that? Of course I have. I've been studying this thing. Well, the negative space, watch this. The negative space, which will be inside, is another Hebrew letter. It's the Hebrew letter bet or beth. B-E-T, bet or beth, which means house. Beth-ol, Bethlehem, Bethphage, house. What's the indication? That first, first and foremost, your house is controlled by your mouth. The enemy cannot do in your house what you do not allow him to do in your house. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. If you're tired of the devil running roughshod all over your house, it's time to open your mouth, stop fussing, stop cussing, stop yelling, and start decreeing, start declaring what thus said the Lord, because your house is in your mouth. The bed is in the pain. Second meaning, somebody gonna catch this, Shantae. Somebody gonna catch this, Anita. Somebody who been, been believing God for a new place and a new abode and new accommodations. I have news for you tonight. The house you desire, the house you have sown for, the house you are believing for is not in the bank. Your house is in your mouth. Hey, that's somebody's word right there. Your, tell somebody, your house is in your mouth. I shall have what I decree. Anybody need something you want, you believe in God, you want... Your next one, your next one is in your mouth. And he said, open your mouth wide. If you want a little house, open your mouth narrow. But if you want a wide house, if you want a big space, open your mouth wide.
I'll say that too. And fill the house. By wisdom, a house is built. By understanding, it is established. And by knowledge, its rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So you got to speak whatever he says. Now don't go make it up something. You got to spend time with God to hear what he will say. That's what, that's what he said in Habakkuk 2. In Habakkuk 2, he said, I will sit on my rampart and I will watch to see what he will say to me. And what he says to me, I will write that vision and make it plain. So this is not your, your secular-minded vision board. This is you seeing God, what do you want? What are you saying? What do you want me to have? What do you want me to do? Where do you, where do you want me to go? And when he puts his words in your mouth, then you don't ever stop saying what he said. And you keep speaking it until you see it. And when God spoke over creation in Genesis 1, he, when he spoke, he saw that it was good. So you make sure you keep speaking until it's good. That means you might, you might move somewhere temporarily in the meantime. Y'all missed that. You might move somewhere temporarily in the meantime. You might just be going from faith to faith and glory to glory and strength to strength, but don't stop speaking what he showed you. Don't stop speaking till you get there and the vision start talking back. Vision talking back, you know, when you finally reach out, the vision gonna say, hey, this is that. Care at your current house. That's fine. That's fine. Now stop the devil from coming in there. You ain't got to move it. I'm not trying to make anybody move. But move the devil out of where you are. If you're going to stay there, don't let the devil stay there. Devil, you got to get up out of my house. I like my house. I thank God for my house, but you got to go. You're going to do it with your mouth. When you leave your house, speak something over your house. Get up in the morning, pray over your house. It's like I pray over y'all. Y'all in my house. Y'all are in my household. <laughs> and I speak things over y'all every day. You're in my household. Glory to God. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, let me, let, me, let me try to get this in the last couple of minutes I have. Yeah, we'll, maybe we got to pick it up. We'll pick it up more Sunday. 
the reason this is, this is so, everything God lays out is, is to uh, be a picture and a demonstration for his people. Your house is in your mouth. That when you see, you see this, it's, it's, it's so wild how this works. You see this pay and Beth in it in the creation story because you see it uh, in the house. They call it the house of creation. God created a house, the universe. He created a house. He, he created it by his mouth. And in doing so, he demonstrated to us how we are to operate. So remember we read in Genesis 1 uh, through 3, we saw it in verse uh, 3, he said, let there be light, and there was light. Then we went to Genesis 1, uh, chapter, verse, chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, and he talked about how God said, uh, let us make man in our own image and our own likeness and so forth, and so let him have dominion over the earth and doing all that kind of good stuff, right? So we're made in God's image and God's likeness. Then we saw in Genesis 2, verse 7, we saw where uh, God breathed, he formed man of the dust of the ground, and then God breathed into man, and uh, the breath of life, and man became a living being, or as we know, I taught you all this, and you've probably seen it online before, that you became a speaking spirit like God. This is important. Speaking spirit like God. Don't just say speaking spirit, but a speaking spirit like God. You are, because you're made in his image and likeness. Unlike dogs and cats and rhinoceroses, they, you are made in, in God's image, and you are made a speaking spirit like God. Yes, sir. Yes. Satan came through that serpent, right? Yes. The serpent was talking to Eve. Yes. She wasn't moved by it, perfectly normal to her. But even Satan, because he is not a speaking spirit, Angels are not speaking spirits. So definitely fallen angels are not speaking spirits. They are not speaking spirits like God to make things happen. They give heed to the voice of his word. They're servants. Angels give heed to the voice of his word. So God did not make you lower than angels. He made angels lower than you. Angels do not have more authority than we do. Y'all didn't catch that. Angels do not have more authority than we do. In fact, angels have no authority. They're servants. They are under authority, completely under authority. So anything that angels do, they are responding to someone else's command. Either God's or yours, which is delegated from God. So you and I have delegated authority given to us from God that the Bible says, angels, Psalm 103, I think it's verse 20, uh, angels give heed to the voice, or the, that word voice means sound, literally the sound, so they don't have to hear God's voice. They're giving heed to the sound of his word. That's why when you speak, you must speak his word. Angels are under strict orders to obey whatever his word says, whether God speaks it or you speak it. Boy, I ask your neighbor, do you know who you are? Do, do you know who you are? Do you know 
what you can do? Do you know what you can get done on this earth? I'm reminded here a couple weeks ago when we had Elder uh, Davis and his wife Evangelist Davis here and she prophesied about those four angels on every corner of this property. All they're doing is sending their weight on our word. Go get it. Go get all them souls. Go get all that property. Go get all the money. Go get all the backsliders. According to the word of God. All right, now. Glory to God. All right, a couple more minutes. I'll see if I can get something into you. Okay, so as speaking spirits, listen, we were created with God's dominion and authority. We were created with God's dominion and authority, given the same ability to speak words of faith and life. Did you catch that? I'll read it again slowly. We were created with God's dominion and authority, given the same ability as God to speak words of faith and life. If I'm in his image and his likeness, I'm not a lesser image or lesser likeness. I'll read it one more time. You, you, you write it down. Oh, okay, all right. We were created with God's dominion and authority, given the same ability to speak words of faith and life. Now, remember how God operated. Verse 3 of Genesis 1. Let there be light, and there was light. Or he said, we know the Hebrews said, light be, and light was. Light be, and light was. Now, I want you to look at another verse for me, please. Psalm 33, verse 4 in the New Living Translation. Hang with me. I'll, I'll end right here. I'm going to try to end right here. Psalm 33, verse 6, in the, translate, in, in, the, in the New Living. Verse 6 is what I meant to say. I'm sorry. Verse 6. The Lord merely. Spoke. See, we've been hearing preachers talking about how God flung the stars in space. God took his hand and twisted the lights in their sockets in space. 2019, somebody preaching that this weekend, I guarantee you. Hung the moon on the rod and it's... But the Bible says... The Lord merely spoke. Merely. What does it mean when it said merely? It means it's just something simple. It's like he, he like, light be. Come on, come on, come on, please. Like, come on, come on, like, light. No, he merely spoke, light be. See, that's, we, we, know, we know we got it off because we're still yelling at devils. 
Lord, in Jesus' name, I bind you. In Jesus' name, come out like you. Come on, come on, demon, demon. Well, Jesus walk up and say, shut up and come out. He merely spoke, shut up and come out. We're trying to use volume as opposed to authority. <laughs> you use volume when you're trying to get your point across, when you feel like you're not being heard, when you feel like, like you're inferior. Royal people don't raise their voices. Could you imagine the Queen of England? Where's my butter? Just, where's my butter? Wipers? Right? It's just, you don't, you, it's just, you don't, you don't go through all that. It's, it's simple. The Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. Now watch this, watch this, watch this with me, watch this. Watch this. Now, remember I told you, what, what I tell you the other night, three things come from God's mouth. Breath, voice, and a smile. We got two of them right here. He merely spoke. That's his voice. The heavens were created. He breathed the word. The King James, New King James says, by the breath of his mouth. By the breath of his mouth. Just, he just breathed it. Y'all seeing this here? How God's just so smooth, deep. Y'all see how smooth God is? Why? Because he knows who he is. He don't have to negotiate with nothing. He's just, just smooth. I, oh, man. I'm out, I'm out of time, but I'll get to it on Sunday. I'm going to get to it on Sunday. Because Jesus, y'all come back on Sunday. Jesus, because Jesus is smooth. Jesus is so smooth. Hebrews 11.3. Hebrews 11.3. Glory to God. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. How, how do we understand this? By faith. by faith. Seeing something. Understanding something. So faith gives us an understanding. We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. God spoke and he breathed something. So that, watch this. The things which are seen were not made of things which are visible or things which do appear. So in other words, he says, I don't need visible things to create visible things. <laughs> All I need is my mouth, my voice, my breath, my smile, and I make things happen. Now, what he wants you and me to get is that if that's how I operate, then that's how I want you to operate. I want you to stop struggling making things happen. I want you to learn to just use your voice. That was the key. That's the shift that God was trying to take Moses into. 
Moses brought the children of Israel out of Egypt with a rod. Right? Walks up to, to uh, Pharaoh with, with the rod. They're going to have their rods, throw the rods down, boom, become snakes, all that kind of stuff. He's working with a rod. He uses his rod, lifts his rod up, and, and you got lice comes all over the place, frogs come out the water, and, and the water turns to blood. And all, I mean, all these things using the rod. Gets to the Red Sea, and he said, Lord, how are we going to get God's rest of the people crying? And God said, what's it in your hand? He said, a rod. Okay, use it. Lift your rod up. Stretch forth your rod. He crossed the Red Sea. Then he said, now you get on the other side of the Red Sea, take the same rod, close the thing back up. They get out in the wilderness now, and they're out of water. They get to a rock. He says, Moses, what, what are you going to do? Take that same rod you've been using, because this is what I've been training you on, and hit that rock. Bam! He said, when you hit him, I'll bring water. Moses hit the rock. Bam! The water comes out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. However, when I'm ready to shift you, because now you're not coming out, now you're getting ready to go in. You were using the rod to come out. But I'm going to get you to use your words and your voice to go in. So he says, check this out, Moses. I got something for you. This time when the people complain and they need some water, I want you to walk up to the rock. Don't use your rod. I want you to just speak to the rock. I'm going to show you something that's going to mess your brain up, Moses. I'm going to mess the folk up. I'm going to show them a whole different way of operating, Moses. Don't, don't use your rod. Don't use your own strength. Just step back from it. And just say, water be. That's all I had to say. And God was going to send a river out of that rock. But he got angry. Got upset. Got his soul out of whack. Tell your neighbor, watch your soul. Watch your soul. Because your soul will get you to go back into the old way of operating. And you'll miss the shift that God's bringing in your life and in the body of Christ. So what did he do out of his soul? Because he's mad with the people. He took the rod again. And struck the rock. What happened? God brought water out of the rock. God still brought water out of the rock. Because God's going to take care of his people. But he said, Moses, come here. Come here, Moses. You're not ready to go in. Thank you for your services. Your, no, your services are no longer needed. Y'all just be a mystic. Moses, you just got fired. Moses got fired. He said, tell you what you do, go get Joshua, because Joshua, he's going to take over for you, because he, he got it. Go get him, get him ready, and you come on up here and lay down. I'm going to just take you up here. <laughs> this is, you, you fired. Joshua, what you gonna do, Joshua? You watch Moses. Yeah, but I learned not to do what Moses did. We gonna, we gonna get to the Jordan River. We ain't gonna use all that stuff. We just gonna take the priests, the carriers of the word. Let the priests dip their feet in there. The word carriers. 
who carrying the presence of God on their shoulders, when they step into this Jordan River, the Jordan River going to split in half. We're going to walk on through the Jordan River on the word. Oh, well, okay, well, we crossed the river. But the Jericho is straightly shut up. Should we bring out our tanks? Should we gather all our sticks of dynamite? Should we get all our rods and start beating the wall? Nope, he said, I want you to march around six days and shut up. God, what are we going to do on the seventh day? Are we going to beat, beat it with sticks? Are we going to shoot cannonballs at it? No. I'm going to let you do what your friend Moses failed to do. We're in a new system. So on the seventh day, I want you to march around six times and shut up. And then the seventh time. Y'all stand to your feet. On the seventh time. This is how you're going to knock down walls that were massive and impenetrable. Walls so thick that people built houses on them. Rahab's house was on that wall. Walls so thick that they used to have chariot races on top of the walls. These weren't little four-inch, eight-inch walls like we have in these buildings. How are we going to get these kind of walls to fall down? When I tell you on the seventh go-round, open your mouth. Somebody missed it right there. How are we going to get into our inheritance? How are we going to get into our promise? How are we going to get houses we didn't build, vineyards we didn't plant, wells we didn't dig? How are we going to get all that? You're going to open your mouth and I'm going to give it to you because we're in a season and a time where you ain't got to work, you ain't got to struggle. Just open your mouth and I will fill it. Give God a Shabbat shout. Give God a Shabbat praise. Give God a Shabbat worship. Clap your hands. Shout out to God. Right now, it's your time. It's your season to walk into your inheritance and your breakthrough, your manifestation. It's coming now. Now, listen, y'all about to upset me. I'm looking at 35% of y'all ain't, ain't open your mouths yet. If I'm going to stand here and prophesy to you, you better at least have the nerve and the, the decency to open your mouth and do what I tell you to do. Open your mouth and God said, I will fill it. Your future is in your mouth. Your provision is in your mouth. Your protection is in your mouth. Your promotion is in your mouth. Your increase is in your mouth. Your healing is in your mouth. Your deliverance is in your mouth. Your marriage, your children is in your mouth.
Proverbs 18, 20 and 21 say this. A man's belly shall be satisfied by the fruit of his mouth and from the produce of his lips. Life and death and the power, that word power is yod. Life and death is in the power of your mouth. It ain't for you to figure it out. It's just for you to open your mouth and decree and declare the word of God. I am healed. I am healed. I am delivered. I, I, I am prosperous. I am out of debt. I am living in abundance. I am a paymaster of the gospel. the morning of June 16th, 2017. June 16th, 2017, the Lord spoke to me and said, financial miracles are happening in my life every day. He said, I put my words in your mouth. If God said it, now if you don't say it, don't say it. But if he said it, you better say it. And I begin to say it every day. And it didn't matter if I didn't see something. He said, say something. Too many times people are waiting on, on seeing something before they say something. That's not faith. Faith is I say it even when I don't see it. Because if I see it, then I'm, if I say it, then I'm going to see it. Faith sees the victory. Faith sees the manifestation. This is not a year of speaking. It's a decade. It's from now on. How are we going to do it? You've been training in this for the last several years. But at some point you leave training and you hit the floor. Now this is how we going to operate. How we'll change neighborhoods, city, region, nations, Pastor Joshua. <laughs> we started speaking prosperity over this city when it was broke down, dying, dead. They used to call this heaven's waiting room. The Bible says, by the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. 
In other words, when, the, when, the, when people, the upright speak blessing, they change a city. And that's how it's done. That's how it's done. That's how we're going to get it done. Stop striking your rock. Well, I got water. Yep. But you ain't going in. Congratulations on your water. That's it. Praise God. Praise God. This is it. We'll pick it up Sunday. I want, I want, to, I want us to know what manner of spirit we are. So we'll know how to operate this decade. Amen? Amen. Uh, so we're back Sunday morning. Our morning fellowship. And uh, we'll celebrate the Lord's Supper on Sunday. Jesus paid for all this. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. They put nails in his hand and it couldn't kill him. Put nails in his feet, and it couldn't kill him. Pierced him in his side, couldn't kill him. Crown of thorns on his head, couldn't kill him. Plucked his beard, couldn't kill him. Whipped his back so bad that his organs were exposed, couldn't kill him. You know when he died? When he said, it is finished, then he died. His words did what all their nails and spears and all that kind of stuff couldn't do. Life and death of the power of his tongue. You, you couldn't kill him. I had to speak it. That's how powerful your words are. Praise the Lord. All right. We'll come back Sunday. Did you set a time for Saturday for men? Okay. All right. So y'all men be on the lookout. Deacon, Deacon Roberts leading the charge. We're going to do some stuff around here, I think, on Saturday. Amen. Other than that, we'll see you on Sunday morning. I bless you. I command the blessing of the Lord on your life. On every marriage, every family, every home, every ministry, every business, every career, every student. I command the blessing. May the Lord bless the work of your hands. May he cause everything you do to prosper. May you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. May you come to visions and dreams and revelations, understanding, wisdom. May God give you special insight into the operation of the kingdom of God that you may begin to operate just like God. May his angels be stationed all around you to keep you in all your ways. May you enjoy good days, no evil coming upon you. I speak divine protection and divine blessing and divine life and divine health. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be upon you in an unlimited measure. 
<laughs> in unlimited measure. Receive it now. May it be upon you. In Jesus' mighty name. So be it. Amen. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you again.